Hello everybody and welcome back to Try Not To Stare, the podcast where I talk about mental health and disabilities and I talk to lots of interesting people as well. Um, Today's podcast is going to be on men's mental health. Um, I'm going to be interviewing Ben who is a soldier in the army and I'm going to get his perspective on mental health in the forces and just his opinion on everything. So sit back and relax and stay tuned. So I just want to preface this episode by saying neither of us are mental health experts or professionals. We are simply just having a good old chit chat and sharing our opinions on things. And um, as always, if you are struggling, please make sure you reach out to your GP. There are lots of helpful links. Um, So yeah, stay safe, everybody. First of all... (laughs) <laughs> Thank Thanks you for having for joining me again, by the way. <laughs> um, so I want to know, um, what is your opinion of men's mental health? And do you think there is a stigma surrounding men's mental health, specifically in the army? Yeah, definitely. Being in the army, obviously, it's seen as kind of like that macho, you know, manly man's club, if you really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So you are the protectors, you know, it, it dates back, you know, probably dates back centuries where people in the army were the protectors of the household and they would look weak. They would look, you know, not as strong as everybody else. Yeah. And so like men are, men are kind of seen as the, um, the strong protectors um, yeah. going out fighting for queen and country. Queen, um, country, family, their mates. Yeah. Yeah, especially mental health. Like, I mean, mental health in the army has come a long way you know, from what it was. I think recent years they've really highlighted the fact that they've not done a good job. Yeah, um, they've done a lot uh, of mental health campaigns on like television, haven't they? Yeah, so a lot on TV. I think they've changed their target audience. Um, you've only got to look at most recent sort of army um, adverts on TV to try and get recruitment in. That's the word I was looking for. Recruitment videos. Um, you've only got to look at them to see that their, their target audience is, 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 a, is a lot different to what it used to be. They've gone from targeting this macho man who's going to be a big protector to actually somebody who's may have had a bit bit of an issue, but you know they've come through fighting and that only makes them a stronger person, really. Mm. Um, but yeah. I think it's, def- it's definitely come a long way. Definitely come a long way from what it was. Although I do, I do think, I don't know if you agree, but I do think there is still a long way to go. Um, definitely. There's a lot of suicides of soldiers, isn't there? I mean, yeah. only recently in your squadron, you were told that somebody had killed themselves. Yeah, within the regiment, um, there's definitely been you know, instances where people have taken their own lives and stuff on camp, which is obviously it's awful. Know, really sad and awful. I think, you know, in those, you know, in those situations, you know, can they be helped or would they have done it anyway? You know, I think I think you can tell somebody. I think they can always be helped, in my opinion. Yeah. I think the the issue is internally um changing this system of not showing your emotions um and like it's just 
a very much of a taboo topic in the army and I think also the workload and the job itself does play a part in you know PTSD and the way that people struggle and I think also the chain of command needs to change and people need to be educated more so that they can recognize the signs and offer help because wouldn't would you be scared of of going forward to your chain of command talking about this kind of thing I think the higher up the chain of command that you go the topic of mental health and things kind of comes a little bit more harder to to talk about because you're seen as that position of power and you don't want those that you look after to Mm. see you as weak um but they are bringing in they're bringing in um you know techniques and training days to make people things like uh, trim practitioners which is trauma and risk management and things like that and that enables certain individuals to assess and to identify potential people that are struggling so that's really Mm. good so they're starting to roll that out and they're starting to really train people like myself who are you know on the first first step of the ladder so to speak of this chain of command to identify you know signs and symptoms within those that you look after um, Mm. so that you can help to identify them early signs but talking about the chain of command as a whole there are a lot of old and bold so to say still still within the army so they've still got that old mindset of you know must be tough must never be sad must never cry must Mm. never you know have anything wrong blah 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 Mm. and I think until those individuals leave the army they're phased out whatever then I think it won't be as successful and integrated within the forces as it could be yeah definitely I think there I think a lot of training needs to be done um and there is still old-fashioned mindsets regarding this topic and um a lot of the older generation I don't want to put everybody in the same category because not everybody's going to be thinking like this but a lot of the older people older generation don't believe in opening up in this way and um I, I suppose making yourself seem vulnerable in that sense is you know talking about mental health maybe people think it's vulnerable makes you vulnerable or weak yeah yeah it comes back to what I mentioned earlier isn't it you know the further up the chain of command you go the less open you are to talking about your own experiences and your own worries and struggles really Mm -hmm. which really it should be coming it should be trickling down from the top they should be leading by example shouldn't they correct yeah I think it's either very much the top of the top are very open to talking about their struggles and their issues at the bottom of the bottom, but it's still that middle, that mm. middle sort of two thirds, I guess, yeah. that still struggle to open up because they're in that sort of grey zone of, you know, trying to get promoted or looking after people below them, blah, blah, blah. But then also mm. you really want to show the fact that you can identify these, these, pro- you know, warning signs within individuals and that actually it is okay to talk and open up. It's come along, coming a long way, but it still has a. a lot yeah, of, I think a lot the culture needs to change in in the army, but um, in the forces as a whole, every every force really needs to change, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but I just wonder what what do you think could be done 
to make those changes? What would you like to see more of? Me personally, I want to link back to what you mentioned earlier about the workload and the stresses and the struggles that sometimes just even every day um, mm. throws at you. Certain situations where you can plan your day down to the last minute, but in actual fact, when you get back into work, you know, everything could be thrown up in the air. But if you have kids, if you have somebody that you care for full time, etc., mm. that can really take its toll on you. And if you feel like you can't provide for your family or look after them or if you promise your son daughter that actually you're having some problems with and you promise them that you'll be at their football game at three o'clock but actually work keeps you think small things like that really soon add up yeah and I've seen a, quite a few instances where you know unfortunately um a friend of mine tried to take his own life because he couldn't see his wife or his wife is moving up to Scotland he wasn't able to go and see her Mm. and they wasn't able to move up with her because he was kept down south with work commitments and you know that really struggled he really struggled with that because she was his support network so these are the sort of things that I like to see changed is actually the work family life balance you know actually lean a little bit more I'm not saying completely but a little bit more towards family life yeah and give service personnel you know that freedom and that you know opportunity to basically just have a life really Learn your life yeah yeah um I want to know a little bit more about just men's mental health in general you're a man why do you That's my joke. <laughs> I wonder why it's sometimes a little bit difficult for most men to open up about their mental health and to admit that they might be struggling and they might need some help um because like I've said before there's a lot of stigma surrounding men's mental health what do you think I think I mean I can't speak for you know every single male in the in the world <laughs> however I do think it is 100% that stigma of men are the protectors men are men of the household men are tough men are strong Whoa, you know caveman times you know man protect wife you know <laughs> man must provide food for wife you know man must cook work, you know it's i think it, it's ingrained into our dna as as a man to to be this tough wall to be this provider for family and okay i think so do you think that's seen... why you might struggle and so you personally is that something that you think about when say if you're having a bad mental health day or um anxiety or something do you feel like you can't talk about it because you're the man of the house or is there something yeah else? because I need to be you know I see it as I need to be that rock I need to be that beacon that everybody or you know my family can come to me or mates if they're struggling at work hmm. I need to be that person that beacon of strength I feel like yeah so that you know because if I'm breaking down or if I'm having a you know a bit of a bad day but actually somebody else is having a worse day and that I could actually help bring them up hmm. you know that's what's more important I guess or well I think my it's family balance but it's interesting to hear it is yeah I think it's interesting to hear your perspective on on men mental health and you know men's mental health um but yeah, I definitely think it's about balance. And personally, as a woman, 
I don't have any trouble talking about my mental health. I'm very open about it. This is why I'm doing this podcast, because I believe talking about it helps myself and it helps others. And I want everyone to feel that way. I don't want, obviously don't want men to struggle and feel like they can't open up because they're the man of the house. Of course. Um, But yeah. I find it easy as a woman, but for some reason, men struggle more. And like you said, it's probably because of that whole um, ingrained culture um, of being macho, I guess. Yeah. I think as well, for me, I choose my points to let my barrier down, I guess, or let my guard down. Mm. Um, If I'm quite satisfied in a weird way that, you know, everyone else around me is relatively happy. I feel like, look, I've had a bit of a bad day, you know, let's, let's have a glass of wine. <laughs> Not the best way to cope with it. However, you know, other people have coping mechanisms or I'll go for a run on, on Fridays mm. quite a lot just to sort of clear your head from the working week and stuff. But yeah, but yeah, there's definitely ways of dealing with it. Good ways. Yeah, Good ways I'd like to know it. a little bit more about your coping mechanisms and any other coping mechanisms that you've heard of that might be helpful for men listening quite obviously there's good and bad coping mechanisms but what good let's focus on the good what yeah whatever works for you and as long as it's not to an extreme because even things like exercise can be done to an extreme where exercise is also seen as a good way of coping with it anything out of um, moderation is, is makes it bad but my coming back to your question my coping mechanisms is um, quite often I'll sit down, I'll sit down and I'll have a cuddle with this little pooch. Ah, look at him! With this Hello. little guy who's been moaning and scratching and all sorts. Have Thank a little cuddle boy. with Lucia, and here comes the other one. Look, wait for him. Are you coming? Here comes Chester. Here comes the other one. So there's two of them. Oh, look at them! Coping mechanisms. I would have to agree. Dogs are the best coping mechanism that there are ever like hands down dogs dogs rule all (laughs) yeah 100 percent. but you know if they're they're sleeping quite often you know on fridays i'll go for a bit of a run just to clear clear my head from the working week or in moderation i'll maybe maybe i'll have a beer or a glass of wine and watch a film (laughs) with with my family and the doggos and stuff but but yeah i think everybody has their own coping mechanisms and they find what works well for them yeah so exercise definitely and dogs and I also want to have a little bit of an input here and I would like to say mindfulness I think that's a great coping mechanism yeah I just think if you just take a minute to send to yourself I should really take a leaf out of my own book here but um (laughs) as my mum would say take a take a second to breathe and focus on your breathing and um think about like don't let your irrational brain take over so if you're having a bit of anxiety or mental health is like really really struggling um like my mum would say listen to your rational part of your brain and try and like block out the irrational like whatever's going on in your head you know so yeah, I'm be a bit mindful about. So kind of expanding on that, I think coming back to the forces and things like that, mm. mental health 
improving within the forces, they've given every single person within the military as a whole, you know, I think it's Army, Navy, Air Force, all, you know, everyone, they've made headspace free to everyone. Because they realise, they realise the importance of apps such Mm -hmm. as that. With mindfulness, like you mentioned, you know, meditation, relaxation, music and sleep music to help you get a good night's sleep. Because quite often a good night's sleep is all you need. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I have found that myself, actually. Um, if If I'm having like a really bad day and then like things are really bad to the point where I don't feel like I can live anymore. If I just make myself, if I just fall asleep and see it through to the next day, like often it'll feel better in the morning so I do think a good night's sleep you'll wake up with a clearer head so yeah definitely get getting into a good thing was it REM sleep REM sleep getting some good getting some good good Z's under your head but yeah absolutely that's that's all you need yeah so I want to know a little bit about your opinion on social media what do you think social media is the devil yeah, I was just about to say, do you think it negatively impacts you? Because I know as a woman, I feel social media is sometimes quite a dark place, quite negative. There's a lot of pressure, um, like body image, um, like my life's not in the right place. It's not going in the right direction. Other people are doing this, that and the other. Um, it often makes me feel quite worthless. As a man, do you see those pressures of that mental health and, um, you know, social media puts on your mental health? First thing I'd like to say is anybody that didn't get the references from Forrest Gump, by the way. But (laughs) 100%, you know, I I think I'm pretty sure I went on one of my old man rants the other day about social media and how it's ruining, (laughs) it's ruining people's social skills because they would rather sit there and have a screen in their face, texting away to their mates who's probably only just across the room. Mm. rather than actually put their phone down go for you know a cup of coffee and actually have a face-to-face conversation with people I think it's ruining the next generation's social skills and ability to talk to people and actually spark a conversation and have a friendship that's not just a like on you know on social media for women I think for things like Instagram and you know well let's focus on Instagram you see a lot of these Instagram models you know these photoshopped girls online with perfect hair you know boob jobs whatever blah 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 they these images are then seen by other you know by other women and they see that as that's what I should be that's what I should look like why aren't I you know why yeah, aren't I, do, I, I feel that a lot I feel that pressure yeah it's just like well why haven't I got these juicy lips why haven't I got you know this perky bun blah 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 <laughs> when actually it's all fake you know I say I've said this before you know Instagram mm. everybody on Instagram is fake because you only see the yeah. best part of somebody or the edited version of people. Yeah, you only or see the good a version, stuff. A version of somebody who spent thousands of pounds on their image. Mm. You know, that's not the reality. <clears throat> everybody's different. You know, everybody's unique and everybody's, you know, beautiful in their own way. And yeah. I think that's more prominent for women than it is for men. I don't think yeah. men go on Instagram, scroll through their feed and see pictures of men with abs and, you know, big old biceps and be like oh that's what I should be they're just like yeah whatever so it doesn't affect it doesn't affect you if you see that kind of stuff online no in actual fact I think they look like right idiots to put it nicely each to their own yeah you know I just think you know how vain can you be but I think for women 
posting photos of themselves on a beach in Dubai in little bikinis and stuff. I think it's totally different for women than it is for men. Really? And I think it affects, yeah. I think it affects women more than it does men. Because, like I said, I think women see that image of, of a female and, you know, relate themselves to that. When well, I think there is more pressure on women in general. I Why think is that? perhaps, I don't know, I just feel perhaps there's less pressure on men to look a certain way. Um, but there's obviously still that pressure, but I think there's less pressure on men. There's more pressure on women. Like if you see it, you'll have like before and afters, no makeup versus when she has makeup on. And then you have all these men commenting, she's such a catfish, this is why I can't trust women, blah, blah, blah. And I think that so all why is plays that? Do you in... think that comes down to men's, you know, um, perceptions of women or why why do you think I that think, is i think it's society standards of women society okay but i was just about to ask you do you think there are like standards like do you get the vibe that there's standards for men and does that do you think that affects certain men like maybe not yourself because like you said you don't really care about like <laughs> body well, you've, only, you've only got to look at the you know sort of like 50s 60s 70s and you know um, times like that when men used to dress a certain way same with women yeah. women's you know the perception of perception of women within society is you know must be covered up to you know having you know we've watched um what have we watched we've watched a couple of series like downton. downton yeah you've only got to take yeah. that as a prime example you know how times have changed from that when women were expected to dress a certain way and those society expectations have changed you know to yeah. haircuts to the way they dress or the way they talk I think social media, coming back to social media, has a big part to play in that, where you're seeing now, <laughs> doggies are talking, versions yeah. of people from across the world, and you're trying to relate that. So fashion within America might be totally different to the UK, but because we're seeing that online, we're blending mm. societies and you know, blending fashion, really. Okay, and do you think that the changing standards of men has an impact on mental health? Do you think people, men can't feel like they can't live up to certain expectations? What do you get? What's um, your opinion on that? Yes and no. I think it's less for men than it is for women. You, you've yeah, only got to look obviously. at. Yeah, you've only got to look at. You know, let's take. The first thing that springs to mind is the film Three Hundred, right? Film mm. 300, 300 Spartans, all, you know, muscly, et cetera, et cetera. Men in those times had to live up to those expectations, had to be those, and if they didn't, they felt worthless. Now, Maybe, we don't know. We didn't. don't know what they looked like well, back then. <laughs> well, you never know. But I think fast forward to today's society where men, you know, potentially looks up to the likes of James Bond, right? Mm. So they see that and go, well, that's the epitome of being a man. I should be in a suit. I should be, you know, muscular. Yeah. I should be this, that. I should be, yeah. And I think if some some people, if they haven't had achievements, if they haven't had the love and the caring they've wanted growing up in their life, they then aspire to being James Bond. Hmm. And they don't do that. They then see their life as worthless, you know, I'm pointless, blah, blah, I can't meet these expectations. So what's the point? Hmm. Um, I was just going to ask you one last question before we end this lovely little podcast episode um I was just gonna ask you what would make it easier for men 
to talk about their mental health what kind of things do you think would allow men to open up more um because we've had loads of mental health campaigns on social media we've seen prince william and kate they did that heads together um with the fa cup and they did a campaign with that to try and raise awareness for men and mental health yeah what do you think could help honestly i think it's you can have all of the campaigns etc in the world and you can have all the posters you can have all the podcasts but i really think it takes for that little step out of your comfort zone to really engage with that so if you're feeling down if you're feeling like you want to talk to somebody but actually you can't even though you've got a headspace you might have a really supportive family but you're still scared to worry about you know how they might think about you whether mm. you think they're going to be two-faced but I think the fear you need to overcome the fear and over you know step out of that comfort yeah. zone and realize that actually everything is okay and you can talk and you can open up as a man and you can seek help and there is a lot of help out there mm. and potentially you know whether you know it just popped in my head is there an app where you can remain remain anonymous put in a post and say you know i am dumbledore mm. <laughs> and i'm feeling bad i am you know feeling this way whatever and yeah. you can have a chat with somebody that's completely anonymous you don't have to see them face to face and you can essentially hide behind your phone but still get that yeah i mean i think i've actually seen an app it's like a counseling app i'm not sure how good it is I've, i should really do some more research into that but I think there are apps out there that you can use. Well, on that note, um, I think we should end the podcast here. Thank you very much for joining me today. I really appreciate your input and your opinion on men's mental health, and especially in the army as well. That was a really interesting, interesting conversation. Sorry if I went off on tangents every now and then, but you know, it's how it is. <laughs> no, it's fine. We all do that, especially me. I'm autistic, so I do that a lot. I talk about myself a lot. You probably noticed. But yeah, I really appreciate <laughs> you being here for this podcast. And thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for joining us. So thank you so much for listening to the second episode in the Try Not To Stare podcast. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. And a big thank you to Ben for joining us again for another um, podcast episode. Um, if you want to go ahead and watch this episode, um, I've recorded it and it will be available to watch on the Try Not To Stare website very soon. So do head over to the website. And once again, guys, thank you so much for listening and stay tuned for next time. Bye.